Support for IPR comes from Des Moines Metro Opera, whose 2024 season features The Barber of Seville, Zalame, Peleus and Melisande, and American Apollo, June 28th through July 21st. Tickets available now at DesMoinesMetroOpera.org. It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. There has never been a better time to make your home more energy efficient. Technology keeps getting better, and right now there are all kinds of incentive programs in place due to the Inflation Reduction Act. But how do you get started? Home improvement expert Bill McAnally is here to answer that question, and later in the hour he'll also answer your other home improvement questions at 866-780-9100. Hello, Bill. Good morning, Charity. Thank you so much for being here today. And oh, uh, it's a pleasure. <laughs> we have talked about energy audits on the show in the past because you have been recommending that people get an energy audit for their home for many, many, many years. But right now it feels even more important. And for those of us who don't know anything about this, what is a home energy audit? Well, you know, that's a good question because uh, the energy audit, or, well, thank you, because that's why you asked me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it obviously is a good question. Um, you know, energy audits and assessments are basically the same thing. Um, but, you know, if, if you're if you want to save some energy, you know, you have to know where to start. And the only real way to do this is to bring someone in um, that understands, you know, how a person lives, you know, what their goals are. Just saving energy is one thing. And sometimes you can get lured into that kind of a trap of just what can I do to save energy? And, and in the past, especially, you know, in the 70s and 80s, we would do a lot of sealing up and just we must have went, you know, through caulking by the train load back then. And, and but we didn't understand how a house operates. We didn't understand building science, you know, moisture, ventilation. And in many cases, we'd save some energy, but then the house wasn't near as comfortable to live in. A lot of times it would be, you know, very clammy, a lot of moisture, a lot of condensation, things like that. So you want to bring someone in that understands, you know, how a how a house actually operates and, and how to do it safely. Um, so, you know, a lot of times what you want to do is look up a couple of the best resources in Iowa is the Iowa Association for Energy Efficiency. The nice thing about their website, and I've been a member of their, theirs for many years, is is you can go to their website and, and it will take you to all like the utility companies, all their rebates and, and all of their offers and, and, and uh, you know, sites of where you can get a hold of people that actually know how to do this, have the certifications, have the education to do the assessments, and they understand the big picture of, yes, we want to save energy, but the number one goal is to actually make the house healthier, you know, for yourself and the structure, but mostly for yourself. You know, a, a really good energy auditor or assessor, uh, they'll go in and, and they'll just start you know, pounding you with good questions of, you know, how do you, you know, are you shooting sparks in the winter, you know, or are you mm -hmm. just, you know, about knocking your dog over with those lightning bolts off your fingers? Do you have a lot of moisture uh, coming on your windows? Uh, you know, does your, your bathroom uh, mirror, uh, does it, you know, stay uh, dry or does it get real foggy as soon as you, even sometimes in many cases, just washing your hands or washing your teeth, in many cases, it'll fog the, fog the mirror up. And so they'll ask that and they'll always want to look at the, what your energy bills are. You know, they want to look at hopefully like a year's worth. So if you're going to do this, you know, first of all, find a find a good source um, and then have all that documentation there. Because 
trying to save energy, you know, a lot of times natural gas went way up. So we saw a big influx of these electric heaters coming in. You know, they're advertised all over the place on trying to save energy. But a good auditor will look at that and say, okay, yeah, your natural gas bill went down, but your electricity went sky high, right. you know, and it was only handling one room. Um, and then they'll, you know, say, okay, what kind of a, you know, comfort uh, do you have? Do you, you know, do you feel... Uh, healthier? Do you have, you know, more, say, low-grade uh, fevers? And, and that, you know, it used to be a little easier before we had COVID and all these other things going on. Um, but, you know, we really learned that, let's say, asthma was really, you know, a lot of times tied to indoor environment. And, and, and I really think that a lot of it is because we were making our homes tighter to save energy. But we forgot that big uh, ticket item, not in cost, but in value, of ventilating your house correctly. The old term, uh, build it right, or build it tight and ventilate right, has been around for years and years. And it, and it always holds true. You want to be able to control the air. So to be able to control it and control the moisture in the house, you have to you have to build it tight. And that's where the energy codes, you know, come into play for new homes and new additions. But of course, an energy audit is great for an older home. It, and that's as well. it. That's where they really are really good. And you know what? What I kind of look at is is I've told people before, they say, oh, I'm going to have this person come over. And a lot of times I, I know the person, which is kind of fun. Um, and I'm lucky to know a lot of, the, a lot of these people. Um, I always say, oh, ask them, are they going to put a, are they going to do a blower door test where they pressurize the house and look for air leaks? And are they going to use an infrared camera? And are they going to use uh, equipment to diagnose if you have elevated uh, carbon monoxide? Are they going to recommend that you do a radon test? And then the key one is ask them if they're going to check the attic um, for asbestos before they do the blower door. Mm. Because, uh, and I've said this many times, is if you put a blower door on a house and you start to pr uh, pressurize or depressurize, you know, there's a chance you can be moving some of the fibers that are in the attic uh, into ductwork because the ductwork in old days, you actually used to pull air out of the attic to a furnace, and that's in those older homes. Some of those chaseways or openings are still there. And so a good assessor has um, knowledge of history of how houses were built, say, in the 1900s and the 40s and 50s, and they know what to look for those common... Uh, let's say errors that we did uh, in in construction. Um, so they'll you know they'll do all of uh, all of that. The big the big thing you know with today's technology is infrared cameras, and they are are so helpful because a friend of mine was just uh, looking at a place and it's not very old and just he sent me some vi uh, some video of it. How these brand new windows, let's let's say the I think the house is only like five years old, um, were so leaky. I mean, I mean a big name. It's not like it's something you went out and bought at an auction somewhere. This is a big name window, and a stationary window. Besides, not one that operates, but just the amount of cold air coming in around that glass in that. Uh, in that frame is just we're we're shocked, you know. Mm. And so here was all this frost on the glass, and you immediately think, well, it's the heating and cooling system, and it may be part of it. But yet, these windows should have been replaced, and they, they may end up being. Um, but you know, they'll look at all these little things uh, with an infrared camera. It's really cool, where they may they won't just look at the outside walls. 
they'll look at the interior walls and see if there's openings in the attic dropping cold air in. And uh, they'll they'll check and make sure that your heating and cooling equipment, you know, looks to be working, you know, working well. Uh, they won't do any of that that kind of work, but they'll make a make a recommendation. So I, I want to ask you, I mean, you've definitely convinced me energy there audits are, are the way to go. Um, you mentioned the Iowa Association for Energy Efficiency. I live in a rural area. My REC, my Rural Electric Co-op, right. offers uh, energy audits for your home. Mm-hmm. Is that a, a good place to start with yes. your energy company? Yeah, if you know if you know, uh, you know know uh, that your local one does, because on that site, uh, Association for Energy Efficiency, they list all the cooperatives and that, you know, who have it. But yeah, if you, if you are in a, a cooperative, uh, oh, yeah, that's where you want to start first um, because they'll have incentives a lot of times. But it, it, it's funny how you, you know, nothing against large power providers, but, you know, cooperatives are usually quite a bit smaller. And a lot of times you'll know the actual people that work at the cooperative. You know, you go to wrestling meets or track meets and stuff with them. And, um, yeah, they'll really uh, be able to help you out. I mean, they really will. And and they're looking at saving. You know, they, they don't want to have these high peaks in power either. because right. uh, It's not in their best interest. No, it's either. not in their best interest. And in some places, um, like in, in Minnesota, the cooperative, you know, you're paying a certain amount of money per month for the power used, but then since they have to pay a lot to get it, you're paying an extra 150 bucks a month, a fee on top of what you paid because they had a hard time getting the power. So, yeah, well, we, I think we want to eliminate an, that. It's an important point because a lot of us think, okay, they're we're paying them money, so are they the best source to give us this unbiased information? Mm-hmm. But you're saying that this is a relationship we can trust. Yeah, it really is. You know, and, and, and that's that's one thing. That, I mean, many many years ago, you know, I I was doing a lot of presentations for the cooperatives. And we did some, I did a lot of work with Touchstone Energy, and they're, they're just fantastic organization of people and Alliant and, and MidAmerican was doing all the, we were doing all these trainings and such. And that just really shocked me because I'm thinking, okay, they're here because they want to sell power. But they're also there because, yeah, they want to sell power, but it has to be in a way that you don't have those high spikes that you can keep keep it at a normal pace where, uh, they, the company doesn't have to pay a whole lot to buy it from somewhere else or anything like that. And they realize in the long run, you know, we're all, we're all here together and it doesn't help anybody to have these elevated bills just for profit. Um, so yeah, they, they really want to eliminate those highs and lows because when they can predict, you know, how much they're going to use, um, it makes, makes it so much better for everyone. They don't have to prep and put in extra, you know, extra uh, oh, you know extra equipment to handle these big things as well so right they're you know they're in this for, for you as well I mean and it is hard to understand yeah. that sometimes so we only have about a minute left before we go to the break and, and I think we'll talk more about this when we okay. get back as well but when you get an audit you're gonna get a whole lot of information right. I get the idea that that can be pretty overwhelming to, to know what to do with that. So you yeah. can give me 30 seconds of advice now on, okay. on how to deal with that information. I, the time constraint. Um, yeah, because um, the, a good uh, you know, auditor will tell you what to do with that information. You know, here's step one. Here's step two. Here's step three. And in many cases, you may look at it and go, wait a minute. Um, I want to try to save some energy. But they may say, no, you have to do this ventilation thing first because you already have – an environment here that's not the healthiest for you. Let's take care of this first, and then we can come back around the backside and then look at the energy. 
side of it. Okay. We will take a short break. Okay. We'll be back in just a moment. Our home improvement expert, Bill McAnally, is here today. We're talking about home energy audits, how to understand your home and how to use that information to help your home become more energy efficient and take advantage of some of the incentive programs in place right now. We'll also take your questions about any of the home improvement projects on your to-do list. You can call 866-780-9100, 866 780 or you can send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. This is Talk of Iowa. Support for IPR comes from Des Moines Metro Opera, whose 2024 season features The Barber of Seville, Zalame, Peleus and Melisande, and American Apollo, June 28th through July 21st. Tickets available now at DesMoinesMetroOpera.org. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR. It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. Our home improvement expert, Bill McAnally, is here today. We've been talking about home energy audits, and we'll continue doing that. But you can also join the conversation with your questions about any of the home improvement projects on your to-do list. Give us a call, 866-780-9100, 866-780-9100. We've got a couple lines open for you right now. You can also send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. And Bill, before we move on, I, I do want to talk about, all right, we started to get a little advice about how to work through the results that you'll get from a home energy audit. I also want to talk about the home energy rating system. That is... For short, it's called HERS. But yep. tell me tell me about that and why it's so useful. Well, the home energy rating score is, is really useful uh, for an existing home. Like, say, you know, you might request one if you're going to be buying a home or a brand new home for comparison. Um, because what that will do is, is a, a, a HERS uh, rater. Um, they have different certification, but it's usually by, um, oh, like ResNet, um, uh, different groups that uh, that certify, but usually it's it's a ResNet certifier. But that's a residential energy services network is what what that actually means. It's a it's a large group that certifies these people. But what they will come in and do will do a blower door test, which pressurizes a house, and they'll be able to tell you where the leaks are, you know how bad they are, how much you leak per cubic foot, um, a lot of different uh, things like that. But the most important part is they will check your ductwork and your heating and cooling system. And when they check that, they'll be able to see, first of all, if you've got the right filter in there, the right size for the fan, things like that. But also how much, you know, air is going to each room, how it's supposed to be designed. They'll be able to tell you if that system is too big or too small, what the temperature is going to each one of those rooms. So if you have some comfort issues, you know, HERS Raider can, you know, usually figure this out for you. And so the bi- the biggest thing, though, is, is to, to me is they're checking for some things that really may stand out, a huge leak somewhere uh, that you wouldn't have noticed that you could take care of and save a little bit of energy. But to make sure that your equipment and your ventilation system 
systems are working correctly because like bathroom fans, it, you know, they'll put a – they'll call it a little duck blaster. They, it's a little hood they put over the fan, turn the fan on, and they'll be able to tell you, okay, if it's rated for 100 cubic feet per minute, how much is actually going out there. Well, it might be 20, and you go, well, why is that? No wonder the windows are foggy in there because the person up in the attic doing the insulation stomped on the ductwork up there, and now the air is going through it. And you wouldn't know that unless you had it tested. And they'll be able to tell you, okay, uh, you know, is that enough airflow getting to the windows to keep them wind washed to keep the keep the frost off? So I I, I really look at that as as they'll be able to tell you, okay, how often should the ventilation system be on, and how is it you know controlled? That to me is you know that is something that should be it should be required. A blower door test is required. A lot of builders don't do it. Because, I don't know why, but it is required by code. But you know it's it just gives you that peace of mind that. I, somebody has tested this equipment. I'm, I feel good with it, especially if it's a, a natural gas appliance. You know, um, it, it, if it's not operating correctly, maybe you, you know, you could have some carbon monoxide issues. So it, it's just really good peace of mind. Um, you know, so that that's why I really like that. Plus, it's a really good point when you're going to sell it. You have this HERS rating. It says how you know how good your house performs. All right. So it's it's a really easy way to understand. Yes. Fully and, understand. Yeah, and, and the raters that I know are really big on the education side. They'll tell you, okay, this is what's going on. You know, they're not trying to sell you anything. That that's the other thing. They're not, oh, you know, you need this piece of equipment here. No, no, they're just telling you, okay, what you have here. This is what you have to look for, and this is how it's working. All right. Um, before we get to the phones, and uh, you can join us eight six six seven eight zero ninety one hundred. You've already mentioned. The Iowa Association for Energy Efficiency as being a great online resource. I know you also want to talk about Iowa Green Streets, which we have talked about in the past, yes. but bears repeating. Yes, it does, because uh, Iowa Economic Development Authority, uh, Jeff Geertz and, uh, and Kevin Nordmeyer and, and a lot of other Iowans have been involved in this. And what this is, is it's a uh, the Green Streets criteria is, is basically a set of it's a document that if you're going to be working and doing uh, work in Iowa, that if you're going to be getting funded uh, federally or with state money, you have to follow, you know, these certain rules, high performance rules, you know, best practices rules, things like that to be able, you know, to get the funds. But the best part of it is is, is, is they've really made an awful good point of getting all that information and sources. So, you know, it just downloaded. It's free. And, and, and you'll look at all the different chapters, and they've always, at the end of the chapters, they've always put, okay, here's where you can go to get more information. So you're not spending all your time trying to find information. You know, I like to spend a lot of time looking for it, but other people have better things to do, I guess. <laughs> and and so, you know, it'll tell you where to go and what sites and what information to get, especially for us in Iowa. It's not something, this information is not coming from the Carolinas or Oregon or something. It's for us here in Iowa. And so it, I we really need to utilize that source. All right. I I don't know why you want to do all your own research. That cuts into your Pinterest time. Yeah, it I does. Guess, I know, but... I know. <laughs> yes. All right. gotta, yeah, go ahead. I bet I can't even go there now. So let's go. 866-780-9100. <laughs> is the number to call. You can send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. Luann is on the line in Cedar Rapids. Hi, Luann. Hi. Hi there. I have a question. We had new windows installed in our condo. Uh, they did all the windows around, but they still seem cold. You know, they're supposed to be, you know, they still feel like there's a draft coming in around them. Is that because of the insulation? 
or well, it can, it can be. Um, what you want to do is, uh, first of all, I just asked them uh, for a copy of the installation instructions for those windows. Um, and if mm-hmm. you and if they won't give you one, if you know the brand, you can download those. Uh, find out how they were supposed to be installed because there are quite a few builders around Iowa that don't seem to get to page two on the instructions because I've always done it that way is the excuse I keep hearing on some projects. Um, and that doesn't hold water anymore. So I would get a copy of those first. And if you f- actually feel air, I mean, um, windows can only do so much. So if you, you know, if you're in, if you're in the right. room and you put your hand, like say an inch away from the glass, you're going to feel that, uh, because your hand mm-hmm. is giving up warmth. It always goes from warm to cold, giving up warmth to that glass because it's cooler. Um, but they may not have, they may have just used stuff, some insulation, fiberglass insulation or something that around the window and didn't air seal it. Uh, that window has to be air sealed correctly. And some manufacturers require a certain amount or certain steps uh, to do that. Some, some require certain caulking. So get the installation instructions um, and then, but if you can feel actual air, I mean, um, you can put mm-hmm. a, I'm trying to, yeah. you know, like you can use incense or something, you know, to see if it moves it. Then you've got to get that person back uh, there because yeah. is it a, is it a window that operates like a casement window or a double hung that goes up and down or or is it just a? Well, uh, yeah, it goes up and down. Yeah, double casement. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they did all of the windows okay. in the whole association. So. Oh, okay. Did and they do it? The same, pretty much the same time. Was it done real fast? I mean, it seemed like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you, you'll want to uh, get the instructions, find out what brand it is, and then take something. Some You know, you can, you can find sometimes uh, people that have a, a little smoke uh, pencil, uh, that, you know, a little, little oh, tool uh-huh. that creates a little smoke. And you can see how much it works. Some will use matches. You know, I don't want to say that because I get myself in a lot of trouble. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if it's actual air, get them back because they're not installed correctly. They sh- you should not feel any actual airflow. Uh, but the, like I say, the window can only do so much. So you'll, in many cases, especially right. if you draw your blinds down, you'll have condensation you know, in the mornings. But yeah, you shouldn't feel any air. No. Okay. All right, Luann. Okay, thank you very yeah, much. You Good bet. Good luck. Thanks, Thanks a Luann. lot for the call. 866-780-9100 is the number. Hayes is on the line next in Coon Rapids. Hi, Hayes. Good morning. Hi, Good morning. what's your question? Uh, hi, questions for Bill. Um, I have a 1938 uh, construction uh, limestone house in Coon Rapids, and uh, it's wonderfully uh, efficient in the summer to cool and <laughs> horrifically inefficient in the winter to warm. Yeah. Um, the, the construction method of the time on the interior walls uh, was um, concrete panels uh, with expanded metal, uh, screwed to them and then plaster over. So pretty much the entirety of the interior of the house has never been touched for that reason. Um, so I, I didn't know if there was any new uh, technology or, or ways of improving the insulation uh, in a house with that kind of construction without essentially tearing out all of the interior walls. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm sad to say, but you know, all the building scientists, especially um, in your case, one to look for his name is John Straub, S T R A U B E. He's kind of the international expert on 
insulation and moisture in walls, uh, like structural walls and stone walls and things like that. So if you go online and pull up any information, especially from buildingscience.com, on anything that John's done, uh, he was here last year for a, a conference, really, really super nice guy. He, you know, when you look at it, when you really get down to it and what he's come down to is basically the only way to really make it right is to insulate on the outside. Um, because we are learning and we've learned in the past, you know, let's say yours is limestone, but let's say there's a brick wall. If we insulate on the inside, let's say you add, insulate it over the concrete panels and the plaster that's there to, you know, to raise the R value, then everything that's there now is on the cold side. And it was never meant to, you know, never meant to be going through those super cold cycles. That's the one thing about limestone, especially it's very porous. And if we start getting moisture in it and it doesn't have a chance in the winter to warm up like it, it does because you're heating it up from the inside. Thank you very much. You're heating that, you know, stone up to keep it from freezing that we, we have in the past seen people bring up, you know, photos and diagrams of, uh, you know, how that just decays that structure. And uh, it's just like when you see sometimes in houses or old buildings where the brick is, the face is broken off of the brick because the moisture got trapped in mm-hmm. it and the frost broke it. So, you know, technically what I, almost all of them are saying, do it on the outside. You can do it on the inside, but you're taking some chances. And the downside is that home looks gorgeous, I'm sure, from the outside and then you've lost that look. And that's pretty much what everybody does. And they have to make a judgment call. Do I want the character or do I want to pay, you know, the energy bills? Um, it's kind of. Could he put up tapestries like in an old castle? Would that, oh, sure. that fix the problem, Bill? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bet. Yeah, King King Arthur tapestry. Right. So, yeah, yeah, you bet. Walk around, you know, some shining yeah, well, armor and everything. Um, uh, heated, heated, though, because it's going to be awful cold. Now. Right, right. Um, yeah, you know, that's that's the bad news is, is yeah, you, you can go ahead and insulate on the interior, um, but to keep the building healthy, you would want to do it on the outside. And the, the only good, the other good thing about it is if you did it on the outside, you don't have to mess around with any of your trim work or anything on the inside. You know, you're not having, um, you know, people uh, ruin your lifestyle because they're in, inside tearing things apart and creating all that dust from, you know, 1938. Uh, and I, I, I'm sorry to say that, but I would research a lot of a lot of the information that he has online. Thank right. you for the information and the lead. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. Sorry. <laughs> thanks a lot for the call, Hayes. 866-780-9100 is the number. Randy's on the line in Brooklyn. Hi, Randy. Hey there. Hi, what's your hey. question? We bought a house built in 64. Uh, we're here. The furnace. So we can get some rebates on it. Okay. So is, uh, I'm going to give us a good estimate on what else we need to do. So you're asking if you could do an energy audit on a house built in 64. Is that what you're asking, Randy? Or somebody do it for me. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and, you know, if, if uh, you can go to your cooperative or, or your utility company, you can check with them first, like, like Charity brought up earlier, or go to the Association for Energy Efficiency website and, uh, you know, see what, uh, what groups there can help you. Um, actually, the Iowa um, uh, AmeriCorps, Green, America, Green Corps 
uh, based out of University of Northern Iowa, I believe they're still doing uh, the audits as well. So you can check with the University of, of, of Northern Iowa on that. But that's, yeah, they'll... that's Green Iowa AmeriCorps. You can find yeah, them green... online. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Wow, that was pretty fast. You really, you, mm-hmm. you must have that right there in front of I'm, you. I'm familiar. You're quick. <laughs> so you know, I would I would do that because uh, you know, if especially 64, uh, is it a ranch style house? Oh, hang on. We still there? Well, I can tell is, you. Is it a ranch style house, Randy? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm familiar with that because my dad built one in '62, and and we were notorious back then that we didn't have near enough insulation in the walls. Um, we didn't understand vapor, and so I don't know if you get this, but we always had every spring we had moisture dripping down into the ceiling on our house because there was so much warm moist air getting in the attic that that would condense on the nails from the shingles, and you'd look up in the attic and look like mothballs everywhere. Mm. Um, and so we were though that that sixties period was pretty you know sketchy on our building method. So yeah, it'd be really good to have somebody come in now. All right, Randy, thanks so much for the call. 866-780-9100 is the number. You can send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. Lynn in Iowa City asks, should we insulate the ductwork in our unfinished basement? In your unfinished basement? Um, Well, no, because you still want to keep that um, heated in the basement, you'd be, you know, what would happen then is, um, you, well, first of all, you're going to have to bring in a heating cooling person to take a look at it to see if, you know, this is even possible in your home, depending on how your ductwork is done. Um, what you don't want to do is start creating these huge different thermals where the basement is so much colder than upstairs because, if, especially if it's a leaky home, the cold air from outside will come in and even make it colder. And then that pushes warmer, more buoyant air up. And so you could have some comfort issues. Uh, in, in many cases, it's just if you, if you're, if you just want to, you know, uh, insulate the, ex, the, the walls in the basement would be a much better, better idea. The, one of the things we're seeing though, is do not use these, blankets. I call them diapers. They're an agricultural blanket, insulation blanket they use on pole barns. You see them even on brand new houses because technically they meet the code, which is bad. But um, they're just a white uh, vinyl bag of insulation that hangs over your walls. Um, it's it's fast. It's fairly inexpensive. But then you get moisture behind it. And then, you you know, you get all kinds of Issues going on with biologicals. I can't say what it really is. So I have to say biologicals now growing behind the insulation and that that plastic. So don't go the cheap route. Um, take a look at uh, the uh, green screen criteria, like I mentioned earlier, and it'll show you exactly how to do uh, the basements in Iowa, the, the safe way to do it. All right. Thanks so much for the question, Lynn. We are going to take a short break. We'll be back in just a moment. Our home improvement expert, Bill McAnally, is here with us today, and you can join the conversation with your questions. Call us, 866-780-9100, or send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org, 866-780-9100, or talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. This is Talk of Iowa. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. 
But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR. It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. Our home improvement expert, Bill McAnally, is here today. He is ready and willing to answer your questions about any of the home improvement projects on your to-do list. Call us, 866-780-9100. You can send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. Let's get to the phones. Carl is on the line in Boone County. Hi, Carl. Hello. Hello. What's your question? Yes. Okay, we put new windows in a in our ranch house this summer. We bought them from a lumber yard, and they came and measured and sent the order in. Finally, the windows came. Well, when they came, the windows all had maps on them of showing what the appropriate zone was for the construction. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> showed, you know where this is going. Yep. The map showed. For Missouri and on south, hang on a sec. Yeah, and and uh, uh, I asked them about that, and they said, "Well, let's check." And they had the right zip code, but they put the so they just claimed they put the wrong maps on there. But how could they have <laughs> built the exact size? You know, what's that sound like to you? Did they not build them the right specs for Iowa? Well, it was that Energy Star uh, map, yeah. wasn't it? And so yeah, yeah. it was rated for energy stuff. Yeah, I've seen. I, I was involved in one like that once too, <laughs> when, and I didn't even notice it till they were in. I mean, you know, you assume, and that was my mistake. I assumed, like you know, you are, that the right window is coming in. So what I would do if I were you is I'd get a hold of the manufacturer, um, and ask them. Uh, don't ask the lumber yard yet. You know, I don't know them. They might get a little bit you know, uppity about it, but I would, uh, I'd, I'd get a hold of the manufacturer and say, okay, I'm in this zip code. Why did these windows come uh, rated? But the biggest thing, though, is that U-value that's on there as well. So hopefully the U-value on that sticker is like 26 or lower, hopefully. Um, I don't okay. know. But you do want to ask that manufacturer because they could have been ordered incorrectly. Um, and I would, you know, if they were, then you'll have to work out some sort of settlement with that lumberyard say, this isn't what I ordered. You know, this is obviously my zip code, yep. but these don't match. Uh, so, yeah, you, yep. you know, you might, so, you, you may have a little tussle there. You might, but uh, get with the manufacturer no, first. No problems. With, okay. No yeah. problems with the lumberyard. They're, they're great. Oh, but, good. Uh, good. Okay. Okay. Well, it might've so, been yeah, on the yeah. other end. And so I'm, would it, yeah, it, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, no. Would it be just. Would the window frames be okay? They just didn't make enough thickness and, in, in, you know, between the glass, something like that? Well, you know, and they may, that's the thing with the manufacturer, they may send you, you know, um, a stamp, an engineer stamp or something like that, that they they do work in, in your climate, your zip code. And, you know, sometimes it may just be a marketing issue because um, I don't know how they're built. They might be the exact same window with a different sticker. Um, 
you know, you just, you just never know. Um, so yeah, they're okay. I'm trying to be nice. But, so, uh, yeah, 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 you know, but, but so I, you I value less than 26. Well, yeah, a lot of them are 28, you know, the 26, uh, the lower, the better. Uh, you know, you can ask the lumberyard what, what they ordered because they'll be the ones that'll, you know, say what they ordered too. That, that well, yeah. might, that may. I already are. Yeah. Yeah, I already asked them, and they said they ordered the right stuff. It's whether the company built them right or not. There you go. Well, then you can, yeah, yeah. so you okay. and the lumberyard can g- get on them then, right? Okay. All right, all right. Thanks for your time. Hey, you yep. bet. Thanks a lot for the call, Carl. Next up, Jean in Earlham. Hi, Jean. Good morning. Hi, what's your question? Two years ago, we had a kitchen addition built, and we had the entire floor um replaced and rather than break out the old floor they laid the new floor on top our dishwasher hasn't worked since december 17th we finally have the flooring people are coming tomorrow to they have to actually rip out the old floor because when they made the floor so high it trapped the dishwasher (laughs) under the countertop okay so we um we have these guys coming we have the dishwasher guy coming to repair it but you know, so the dishwasher is going to have a problem again. Let's say three years from now. Is there some way that we don't have to go through having the entire, the floor ripped out to get the dishwasher out? Is there some way that can, the flooring can be put down that isn't quite so dramatic to get the dishwasher out again? Well, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just sorry, Gene. You know, <laughs> and and it's. Uh... Well, gosh, I'd really like to say what I want to say, but the first person should have realized, you know, hey, when I put this extra thickness, you can't get the dishwasher out. Um, that, that that right, I'm sorry, but that right there uh, is is too bad because every time you add, it's going to make it worse. And the only thing is, I don't know if some of these dishwasher manufacturers have a a shortened one. You know, they got a little bit of flex at the very top where they're attached to the countertop. There's these two little straps usually that screw to the countertop to, to keep it from falling, um, you know, when you open the door to the dishwasher so it keeps it from falling onto the floor. And I don't know how much flex room you have at the top to raise that and maybe the adjustment feet that are on it, maybe those can be pulled off and use some sort of another shim something to manufacture would be okay. The only other thing that I can think of is, boy, you know, I wish that other floor could just get torn out, brought down to the right level. Um, the, yeah, and, and I'm sure you can't just raise the countertop. That's the only other thing you could do. Um, but that would be a nightmare unless you're going to replace the countertops. Uh, no, the, they're, they're like two years old. Okay, yeah, I, you're to Somebody's going to have to be thinking out of the box here and try to get real creative on how to how to change that uh, height on that dishwasher because whoever put the floor in the very beginning should have ripped it all out so that when you add additional floors, that dishwasher can still slide in and out. The bad thing is too is every time you raise that, there's less room on that toe kick area where your toes go underneath. And there are certain, and I'm telling you this from experience, there are certain boots that get stuck under that toe <laughs> kick. And when you try to move to your right, you just end up falling over because your boots are stuck. Uh, that actually, I think that's actually the least of Gene's concerns I know today, it is, but, but it happened at a hardware store in okay, Fort Dodge, and okay. it was supremely embarrassing. But 
you know, that's that's the problem is whoever put that in should have really looked at that. Uh, I, 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 me personally, I'd actually be asking, you know, hey, you know, I think you need to chip in here a little bit. Yeah. And pay for this. Uh, we have to figure this out. Maybe the manufacturer, like I said, has one that's a little shorter. Uh, you're, that's a sticky. That's a sticky issue there. I'm sorry that's happening. So there's no temporary. Well, not temporary, but way that the floor could be stuck down, and then if it needs to be worked on again or replaced, uh, the, it's not as uh, dramatic as actually tearing out the floor. Uh, what kind of floor are you putting down? It's luxury vinyl plank, and it was new when we did the oh. construction, so it's just too big. Oh, okay. So it's so it's the click click together. It, it, I mean, it's, it's not. I don't know. The guys it's lo- well as long as it's not glued down, you can pull those off. Yeah. Yep. If it's the kind I'm thinking okay. about, a lot of them can be. So especially if they put them in uh, in a certain direction, start from one side of the room instead of going to the other, it's easier to unlock them and pull those out. Yes, I'm glad, I'm glad we got that cleared up because if it's the click-together kind, you can pull those out. All right. Undo them. So you have, a, you have an emergency wow. escape. Yep. Well, good luck, Gene. Thanks so much for the call. 866-780-9100 is the number. Mary in Altoona says, uh, we're considering installing a Generac, um, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but that's the brand name, Generator, which will hook up to our LP tank and provide electricity when the power goes out. We narrowly missed derechos twice, but this is a large expense, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on whether or not we should do it. I I like the idea uh, myself. In fact, uh, in my my place up in Minnesota, I've done the same thing as when I was last there, the power went out three times because the power poles falling down and things like that and, and, and snow. So um, I have a backup propane, which it, I just slapped myself, but it's a direct vent sealed combustion Vermont castings uh, stove that's propane that uh, so there's no inside uh, um combustion, anything mixing gases or anything like that. But that particular one runs off of a, uh, a, um, a little battery that'll kick it on. If I didn't have that system and I was really worried about power going off for a long, long time, I would put in a Generac or a brand similar to that. Generac advertises a ton. I see them all over the place. Um, and I may end up doing that same thing. Uh, you know, I just don't have enough experiences to, as to how often the power goes off because, you know, to me, in a lot of times, a couple times of losing power, losing what you have in your freezer, I know insurance still covers all that stuff, but still, you know, you're losing, you're losing the control that you have in your house as far as comfort and especially, like I say, the freezer and refrigerator. Um, I really, li- I really like having that backup system. I do, and it, and it doesn't have to have a large, you know, propane tank there because usually it's not going to run very long. So in some cases on a house, they'll they'll put a 100 or a 200 uh, gallon unit or pound unit, and uh, you know, usually pay about 200 dollars a year rental fee on the tank and whatever you use. So it's good peace of mind. I, I see a lot of people doing this system like that right. uh the the big the the big key though sometimes is you really want to make sure this isn't a this is not a do-it-yourself deal here this is where you have to have the professionals be doing all the work all right thanks for the question let's go to melanie on the phone in wellman hi melanie hi hi morning you guys morning. Um, so my question has to do with a roof problem 
um, about seven years ago, we did a build out on a pole barn on a property that I use as a workspace. And the roof has always leaked. Um, not so much during the summertime, but this time of year when things are freezing and thawing, um, I have kind of leaks all over. And I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that. I've had the installer back, and he's a reputable guy. Um, he did replace some of the screws on the metal roof, thinking that the gaskets were failing, and that was allowing water to come in. Okay. Um, but I'm curious why it happens during the freeze and thaw cycle, more so than, say, a thunderstorm. Is it, uh, can you see the metal from underside? I mean, when you're, when you're well, in the pole barn, yeah. or is there a ceiling in there that hides it? There's a ceiling. It's a, it's a new metal roof on the outside, and we actually recycled the original metal and used that on the inside. It's a vaulted ceiling. Okay. And so we have the old rusty metal on the inside, but it's really well insulated between with fiberglass insulation. Okay, yeah, that um, that may be it right there. Um, what we've okay. learned, what we've really learned is, especially fiberglass insulation is very porous. You know, it's basically the same thing as a furnace filter. Um, that lets, if there's any air leaks whatsoever in the area below your metal ceiling, um, if there's any air leaks whatsoever, and I mean any little hole or anything, that warm air is going to go up and goes through the fiberglass like it's not even there. And it rises just like a balloon. It's just going to go up, and the first cold surface it's going to hit is that metal roof. And it's going to condense, and uh, you're going to have a tremendous amount of moisture issues um, uh, for the life of the structure unless you stop the air leaks from from or let the air from getting into that attic. If you add ventilation, like a power vent, you can make it even worse. So what you need to do is seal up every hole that is uh, potentially letting air go up. And uh, that's actually what the, the codes, they require a, a leak-proof, an airtight ceiling. And it, it goes to the same thing as for you. If any warm air can get up there, it will. And I've done it in the past. I mean, I've d looked at infrared pictures uh, uh, of what I did back in the 70s, and, and it looks like you're in Yellowstone looking at all these thermals going up, because I had ins fiberglass insulation in there, and the warm air was going up like crazy, and then condensing on the bottom of the roof deck, and it was just pure white, like the inside of a, you know, a, 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 a freezer. So, yeah, that's what you're going to have to do, is you're going to have to just stop the air leaks. And I, and I and, uh, you know, I commend the guy for, you know, thinking, okay, maybe it's something I did, um, but, it, you know, with the screws and that. Uh, but it's usually, usually is because you've got that warm air going in and condensing. So you're going to have to have someone seal all the holes um, wherever they are, even where wires go up. Um, and then you use an infrared camera. If you, somebody's usually got one, you can buy them online for like 200 and some bucks to put on your phone as well if it's worth it to you. But that's probably what it is. All right, Melanie, thanks so much for the call. And uh, we have just a couple minutes left to see if we can get through some email questions. Margaret says, we are preparing a rental house to sell. A smoker lives there and is moving out. What is the best paint or procedure to use to get rid of the smoke odor? You know, I, I really don't know. That's something you'd have to look up. But the one thing I do know that does work, and I don't know if you can in your case, is cinnamon. Um, we used to scatter that um, in rooms that where they had an actual fire, apartments where the walls were just black. And so this is when I was pretty new to the business. And I, I started laughing when the, this older guy says, yeah, just take a, 
just uh, buy a f- huge barrel of it. I mean, you know, it was like a uh, 25-gallon barrel of it, and you scattered this all over on the floor, and then we put new sheeting over the top of it, and I can't believe it. I mean, th- I'm just saying this is how it worked back then. Huh. You, you could go in the next week, couldn't smell a thing, and you just— and I just couldn't believe it, but you, you know, I would. But I would go to uh, you know a professional like these renovation people, and they'll sell you the, the the right products. But it did work. It did work for us. All right, not the answer I expected. No, nope, it wasn't. All right, and with one minute left, <laughs> Laura in Dubuque says, "I'm curious if a continuous fan is a good idea in the basement to prevent mold. I've heard both ways that moving air prevents mold from settling, or that mm-hmm. or it spreads it around." It could spread it around. You need to get rid of the source. You need to get rid of the moisture and. Uh, have someone have an HVAC person come down there and try to c- control the humidity that's there already. And uh, a lot of times what does work, and we found in the past, is having a radon system put in. And because that will depressurize your basement and pull the excess uh, moisture vapor from around the foundation and drives the basement down. So that is another possible way of handling that. All right, Bill McAnally, thank you so much. Thanks, Jerry. Our home improvement expert, Bill McAnally, today. And uh, you can find out a little bit more information about some of the links that he was mentioning earlier in the hour. We'll be posting information on this conversation on our website, iowapublicradio.org. And he was talking about Iowa Green Streets. You can find that online in the Iowa Association for Energy Efficiency. Talk of Iowa is a production of IPR News. The show is produced by Danny Gear, Caitlin Troutman, and Samantha McIntosh. Our executive producer is Catherine Perkins. You never need to miss an episode episode of Talk of Iowa, you can subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Talk of Iowa. This is Talk of Iowa. I'm Charity Nebbe.